إنما المؤمنون إخوة فأصلحوا بين أخويكم Now from great scholars of Ahl al-Sunnah, al-Shia both sides, they started watching this program because this is a new kind of program to understand each other and how to work together. We discuss here differences and ikhtilafat for the sake of the unity. The proper unity can never be established unless we have to understand each other, we have to understand the nature of the ikhtilafat and how far we can work together despite retaining these ikhtilafat within the limitations. Right? This is the purpose of this program. So first question, which uh, because this topic is very important and uh, I just uh, quote here some questions. Sheikh, uh, you have mentioned, mashallah, properly uh, this, that, but still there is a narration, the people and the scholar like Alama Dr. Tahirul Qadri Saab, they incline towards another narration. According to that narration, uh, Nabi alayhi salatu was salam, he never asked Sahaba, including uh, Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab, you know, to bring the material. They were Ahlul Bayt and specifically Imam Ali. Nabi Ali Salatu Salam, he asked Imam Ali specifically to bring. And Imam Ali, he never done that, thinking that if I go back finding out the material, lest the Prophet passed away and he never wanted to depart. When Alama Tahirul Qadri saw finished their task, he was defending actually Imam Ali and Sayyidina Umar both. When he finished Imam, that was the love of Imam Ali for the Prophet. Mm -hmm. Then there was Nara Hedri Ali is there. So Imam Ali was defended. So according to this narration, for example, <coughs> then Sahaba, those Sahaba who opposed this film, including the position of Sayyidina Umar, uh, they are justified. What do you say about it? Right. This, can you say, use this oh. Well, I think this, bit loudly, bit yeah. ah. this narration uh, uh, is there, but closer examination of this narration will prove that the narration is actually weak from both sides, from the sense of diraya and riwaya. So it is weak from both the sides. Mm -hmm. And also if we look at it closer, it wasn't that the Prophet died immediately after this uh, request. <coughs> yes? Uh, Imam Ali would Within have... Within one, two minutes. Yes. No. Uh. Imam Ali would have had time up to three days or three days he lived. Mm. So he would have had time to provide the writing material and the ink for the request of the Prophet. Mm. And if you look closer to, to the life of Imam Ali, you would find him always carrying out the wishes and the requests of the Prophet. Never ever going against any of his wishes. So he's not going to do something at the last of his time which is going against the will of the Prophet, whereas throughout his life, he has obeyed him. True. Uh, thank you very much for your uh, 
later on yeah. because this is from the no, stage. Just the same thing about the, there is a narration about Sahabi asking Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam why don't you write it now and then he explained it why he did. Right. Uh, thank you. That's a good point. <coughs> uh, another question, this is uh, again is very important. This is uh, even after this incident, the Holy Prophet lived for good time, more than three days or three days. And why didn't the Holy Prophet try to write the same Hebrew? He was obliged to do so according to the Quran. For example, firstly, the Prophet. So this is, uh, again, you have covered in your presentation, however. But again, from Ahlul Sunnah side, because Prophet was obliged. And he lived a good time. But apparently, according to this narration, he failed to write to convey this will to the people. So this is agreed upon by Sunni and Shias. If a prophet failed in one uh, single incident to obey the order of the Holy Prophet, he is no more a prophet. Because there is a Masumiya Isma agreed upon. Isma, you know, agreed upon between Sunnis and Shia regarding all prophet and especially the final messenger he was not ordinary messenger Imam al-Anbiya. So according to this is, this is the, the what you call objection. If we believe in this way, then Prophet ﷺ, he lived for a good time. He never tried to do that. It means the will was not in terms of the succession. It was something else. However, you, 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 you covered that, yeah. but we need, in, in the light of this question, some yeah. more lines. So, we saw that, obviously, the Prophet has already done this throughout his life during many occasions. Mm. This was just something to affirm which he already had completed. In terms of his duty, he's already fulfilled it. This is just affirming whatever he has done before and confirming it. And when he saw what happened in this very, you know, sad event or, or, or uh, incident that took place, obviously he knew, according to what we see also uh, in, in uh, Shawaliullah Delwi's uh, report, that the people are not going to be able to digest this. They will not be able to handle this. So he's in fact saving them from further division, which he, he was in fact trying to help them in the first place. But it was inevitable. He knew that they are not going to be able to handle this. Uh, thank you. And Ahlul uh, Sunnah Ulama, and if you have any question regarding the explanation and presentation of the Sheikh, you have to write down and after break, inshallah, there will be opportunity for you. Before break, the question is from the stage. Uh, I think this question, what I'm going to ask, this is quite crucial. I think uh, uh, Sheikh uh, Arif Saab, <coughs> if I can address you for this one, sure. because this is from Ahlul Sunnah, very strong and the valid question. I'm sure I'm less than the rest of the ulama, but al-Sunnah ulama sometimes they do not try to ask the proper question as they ought to be. That's why, you know, <laughs> I undertook this duty to ask you without uh, any hesitation. 
This is, for example, people like Alama Khalid Mahmood, who is the the one of one of the only great authorities of Ahle Dawband Dawband school of thought, great alim and musannif as well. And even people like Alama Tahir Al Qadri from uh, Saudi ulama, Imam Al Haramain, and all of them. This is the question. For example, if I ask on behalf of Alama Khalid Mahmoud Sahib, right? He's you know very old in Manchester. If we believe in this narration, this Hadith Qirtas, which shows. Sahaba failed to obey the order of the Holy Prophet. He asking his audience, Alama Sahab, what would you say? The Prophet was successful or failed? What kind of the people he prepared and his tarbiyah when he asked, you know, I'm writing something very important and you would not, you would, that would be saving you from fitna. They disobeyed. They never said that. So, in, in this way, this shows the failure of the Holy Prophet. Not only the failure of Sahaba, failure of the Prophet and his tarbiyah, which shows. So, this is something, and, and he doubted. At the end, he, along with many other people, as Alama Tahir al-Qadri, who is one of the great vocala spokesmen of Ahlul Bayt in the world, but still he opted for the other narration, which was answered by that. What would you address this question in this way? Is this uh, a part how, of a question? How would is you full, say? Fullest is this a full question? Or full part? question. Full question. Because so if I, we... I, I, will ask, I will ask so everybody the, here. The point, is that, the point is that the Prophet failed because he prepared the people who disobeyed him. And he says this is the Sira of Sahaba. Sira of Sahaba who always obeyed the Holy Prophet, not disobeyed. Okay. So this is the point. So I want everybody to not to get offended at what I say. Yes? Yeah. The Prophet is the biggest failure according to the Muslims. Because they say that Islam will be divided into 73 sects and 72 will go to hell. <laughs> Forget the Sahaba. Out of the 2 billion Muslims, majority are going to hell. Now you tell me. Yeah. Is the Prophet <laughs> successful or a failure? That's the first thing. Yeah. Yes? That's the first thing. Don't get offended at me. Yeah. To God is failure. Mm. Because Muslims say only Muslims are going to paradise. Mm. So six billion people are going to hell. And out of the two billion Muslims, 73 sects are going to hell. 72 sects. So God is bigger failure than the Prophet. Can you see that? So let me come to this answer. The way of thinking is very wrong. Mm. Success and failure is nothing to do with immediate numbers. Mm. According to that equation, every prophet has been a failure. Show me one prophet who's been successful. Musa goes to Tur, Salamullah, he comes back, he pulls Harun by his beard and his hair. Al Asait Amri. Yes? He said, I was afraid. In Al Qom, Istadafuni. They were going to kill me. Does that mean Musa is a failure? According to this, does that mean Musa is a failure? See, the yardstick of success and failure is very, very different. Then <coughs> we get the prophet. See, we have to see Sahaba as human beings. They are good souls, they're good human beings. But nonetheless, they are human beings. They have emotions, they have strength, they have weakness. They have aspiration, they have anger. The Sahaba, whilst the prophet was there, were fighting. 
and surah says it does not befit you to fight when the prophet is with you yes the sahaba were there and the prophet was teaching them ahkam still their hands were being cut for stealing still they were being brought into public and they were being whipped the sahaba poor people were not angels they were ordinary people the women of the prophet's household who are his wives allah says if you don't stop harassing the prophet allah is your enemy jibril is your enemy and all the angels are your enemy <laughs> to the wives of the prophet this is human nature we have to understand things very accurately the way human beings are when juma salah is being established wa idha ra'u tijaratan aw lahwan infaddu ilayha wa tarakuka qa'ima so does that mean he's a failure these are human beings they're seeing tijara they're seeing lahaw they're running for it right it's it's being human then the very thing is that the wife of the prophet ridwanul alayha goes missing waladina ja'u bil if ke usbatun minkum now this is the wife of the prophet wa azwajuhu ummahatukum it he she is their mother and they are gossiping about their own mother this is sahaba they are humans and then to give them the had of qadaf it's serious business but these are human beings yes and then surah toba the prophet is saying let's go to tabuk yeah, these people the munafiq were 80 but three of them were very mu'min believing sahaba who stayed behind does that mean the prophet is failure then the very serious case was in surah uh, in, in in ali imran in in the battle of ahad we get in the the, the quran says إِذَا فَشِلْتُمْ وَتَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ Yes, it's when somebody said that the Prophet has been killed. They started running. And according to some narrations, they went to Abu Sufyan and they said, we are ready to worship Lat and Uzza. Take us back. Yes, these are Sahaba. These are Sahaba. And in history books, we have that everybody ran away. Only 13 people were with the Prophet. Only 13. And the consensus was that Talha and Ali were the two definitely there with the Prophet. And who are the other 11? There is differences of opinion, but only 13 remained. And the rest of them fled. So what I'm saying here is that the yardstick of success and failure is not to be seen as Sahaba being like angels and always being obedient to the Prophet. The yardstick of success is this. <coughs> He has created an Ummah. It is this that the people who have had differences for 1400 years are coming together now. And they are saying, look, we need to understand this. This is success. Isa's success is he's got 2 billion followers. Musa's success is he's got the, the Yahud and a lot of them are good people. The success of God is we are trying to better ourselves and better this world. So it's like having a class of young men and women who are growing up and the prophets come and you know the the fact that humanity is surviving and we are trying to do good we are trying to say no charity is good killing is wrong isis were bad this is success so disobedience of the sahaba and the success of the prophet can run along side by side but i do want to ask the shias a very difficult question after the breaks so give me the opportunity <laughs> thank, thank you very much request uh, sheikh arab abdul hussein saab and he got very important questions for the audience question yeah. 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 Yeah.
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Now this question is fundamentally to the Shia, but please everybody can respond. So from the last three sessions, what we are seeing is that the Prophet wanted to write a will. And this will was connected to the event of Ghadir Khum. Yeah. The verse related in Ghadir Khum was mm. It's a very important thing for mm. So that's a very, very important thing that the Prophet was supposed to convey. The speculation is here now that the Prophet said, I will write for you, So so now here we are saying that this was in order to stop people from fitna. Yes? And this is the thing that is coming out amongst the Shia. And I think the, the Sunni is also beginning to agree with that. Now I want to ask a very, very simple question here. Mm. Allah says, وَمَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ In the Qur'an, there will always be ikhtilaf amongst them, no matter what you do. Yes? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there will always be ikhtilaf. Now, I want to ask questions, listen to this very carefully. Imam Ali is the first Imam for the Shia. Okay? And the first Khalifa for the Shia. The right Khalifa for the Shia. This is the way Shias understand. So, after Imam Ali came Imam Hassan. After Imam Hassan came Imam Hussein. Why was there a fight after Imam Hussein between the Shia as to who was the Imam after Imam Hussein? There is ikhtilaf. There is the Hassani Sadat, there is the Husseini Sadat. After Imam Zainul Abedin, there is a fight amongst the Shias. There is a Zaydi Shia and the Ismaili Isnashri Bohra Shia. After Imam Sadiq, there is a fight amongst the Shia. You have Bohra Shia, Ismaili Shia, Ithna Ashri Shia. So the ikhtilafat that the Prophet wanted to stop by the Wasiya have always been there anyway within the Shias who accept Imam Ali as one. So the Prophet's will, even if he would have said, Ali, Salamullah is the Khalifa after me, ikhtilafat will still have, would have been there within the Shia anyway. Now, if it was such a very important thing, I'm just asking, yes, don't curse me for asking these questions. Allah could have just sent one ayah. Fi Amri Ibn Amik Ali. Fi Amri Wilayate Ali. He could have just added two words. In the Quran, you have Aqimu Salah wa Atu Zakah. Aqimu Salah. In one place, don't say Aqimu Salah. Just say Wilayah of Amirul Mu'minin. If it was honestly that important, I'm saying, I agree with the Shias. I agree with the Shias. It was about Ali ibn Abi Talib and whatever. But I want to ask, yes, if it was in the way that the Shias and the Sunnis have understood, then shouldn't the obligation, we are saying the obligation was on the Prophet to write the will and to say it. Surely the first obligation is on God. <coughs> if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving hidayah in the Quran for every little thing, that is our claim. That this was for Ma'aballaqta Risalata, this is the massive thing now. So is it is it possible that Allah gives hidayah? Yes? La ta'akulu riba ad'afan muda'afa, he talks about riba there, yes? He talks about every tafassahu fil majalis, tasaffahu fil majalis, right? He talks about give space in majalis. Is it such a big thing, tasaffahu fil majalis? Is it such a big thing? And here he's saying, for in lam taf'al, for ma'aballaqta risal, this is such a massive thing. 
So why didn't he himself put a little verse there? These are questions I'm asking. Then the Prophet is saying, in tamasaktum, if you were to, this in itself is a conditional statement, in tamasaktum, it's up to you, but if you were to hold on to this, then you will never be misguided. Right? So what does that mean? This is something, the choice you will have to make. So I'm not going to give my own answer here. I just want to pose this question to my Shia and Sunni brothers that I think, yes, the Prophet was going to write the wasiyah of Ali ibn Abi Talib, yes, I do feel that. For me, that's clear. But is it in the way that we have understood that everybody became a murtad, a kafir, a munafiq, an asi? You know, is, is it in that way as well? I mean, it's not nice when the Prophet says, bring me paper and pen and we say no he's delirious or he's sick no you have to give it to him okay fine mm -hmm. the sahaba failed there for doing that 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 was a huge failure and the mistake by the sahaba i understand that but on the flip side if it was the most important thing that the, the way that shia said the verse should have revealed it the ikhtilafat were still there within the shia anyway so how do we now reconcile this and think over that Thank you very much. Uh, I think this uh, <coughs> statement that you have just uttered, uh, this may provide the solid basis for the proper understanding between Shia and Sunnis. Plus, there is a hadith from both sides, from Bukhari, Muslim, Muatta, and from the Shias as well. And Nabi Wasallam, he prayed and especially about the complete unity and love among his Ummah, which was not accepted complete unity after him, including Sahaba, the first, uh, the three duas, three supplication, and this was the final one. This we may find in Bukhari, Muslim, many others, authentic. But it was no, because that was the test. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created human being for a test out of your willingness, not force. So, so then, therefore, why. by writing that was here, the unity will still not be there. I thus, uh, uh, now, uh, sorry, because yeah. we have to, now we have yeah, to yeah, follow yeah. the proper procedure. Now, Molana Muhammad Ashraf Qureshi, who is one of the great scholars and Musannif author, and so he wants to put his question. Sheikh, um, first of all, um, I agree with you what you say. I think... Islam was completed with revealing the ayat al-yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum wa atmamtu alaykum nemati wa radhitu lakumul islam dina. So there is nothing was to write down on that time. And maybe if Pagambar writing something, it should be minor because Islam was completed and if we believe that matter was the about Imamat of the Ali, he should not miss it. And secondly, since last six months, I'm <coughs> writing the Munaqib of the... Uh, I'm sorry if I could not explain you because my English not good. It's okay. Uh, since last six months, 
کاغذ اور قلم دے پہلی بات یہ ہے میں پچھلے چھ مہینے سے آل بیت کے فضائل اور مناقب لکھ رہا ہوں میں سمجھتا ہوں کہ اگر جہاں قرآن پاک نے لفظ مولا استعمال کیا ہے وہ ساری آیات میں نے لکھی ہیں اور اگر ان کو سامنے رکھ لیا جائے تو لفظ مولا کے معنی جہاں ہم ماسٹر کرتے ہیں یا دس اینڈ دیٹ یا امام یا خلافت یہ کسی رینک کے لیے یا منصب کے لیے نہیں تھا حضور نے فرمایا جس سے مجھے محبت ہے آپ لوگوں کو بھی محبت کرنی چاہیے یس وی ڈو بلا بلی بلا بالے بات اینڈ دوسری بات یہ ہے یہ میں بات اس لیے کہہ رہا ہوں کہ اسلام اس دن مکمل ہو گیا تھا جس دن یہ آیت نازل ہوئی الیوم اکمل تلکم دین کم یہ آج نازل ہونے کے ساتھ ہی اسلام مکمل ہو گیا اگر حضرت محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم حضرت علی کی امامت کے بارے میں تاکید یا وسیعت کرنا چاہتے تھے تو یہ تو بہت بڑا ایک میسو معاملہ تھا یہ مس نہیں ہونا چاہیے تھا کوئی معمولی آپ کے ذہن میں میں بھی آپ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کسی آیت کو دوبارہ لکھواتے یا کسی اپنے فرمان کو لکھواتے تو یہ یہاں تک بات نہ پہنچتی اور نہ صحابہ انکار کر سکتے تھے دوسری جو آپ نے توجیب بیان فرمائی ہے میں ہنڈریڈ پرسینٹ آپ کے ساتھ اتفاق کرتا ہوں سو آئی ول تھینک یو مولانا صاحب مولانا صاحب از سینگ ہیز رائٹنگ اے بک فار دا لاسٹ سکس منتھس ٹاکنگ اباؤٹ دا میرٹس آف امام علی اینڈ آہ البیت ہی ہیز ریویو دا ورسز مینشننگ مولا اینڈ ہی سیز مولا دا ورڈ ان سائڈ دا قرآن از ناٹ یوزڈ ان دا میننگ آف لیڈرشپ اور اینی رینک دا پروفیٹ سیڈ دا ون آئی لو یو اوٹ ٹو لو اینڈ دیٹس آل اٹ مینس مولانا فردر کنکلوڈیڈ ود دس ریمارک دیٹ دیٹ اسلام واز کمپلیٹیڈ with the revelation of the verse al-yawm akmaltu lakum deenukum wa atmuntu alaykum ni'mati and if the wasiya was for the khilaf of Imam Ali then he should have written it down because it was a very massive thing now I want to respond to Maulana here going in a different uh, going from the last one first al-yawm akmaltu lakum deenukum this verse was revealed al-yawm akmaltu lakum deenukum I'm not a proper sunni al-yawm akmaltu lakum deenukum Now, if, Mulana Saab, if this is correct what you're saying, then we find in Shia Sunni books that the ahkam of Islam were still coming after this verse. <coughs> And the Quran was still being revealed after this verse was revealed. Because this was at Ghadir, Khom, or in Arafah, according to Sunni. Yeah. It was in Mina or Arafah, or Makkah, three mm-hmm. views. According to Shia, this verse was revealed in Ghadir, Khom. After that, the Prophet lived. And the verses of the Quran were still being revealed. If you are saying that this verse completed the deen, then there was no more Qur'an left to come. But after this ayah, the Qur'an was still being revealed and the ahkam of Islam was still being given. So this verse did not complete the revelation of the deen. 
That's the first thing. Two, when you said that the Prophet is saying, I, the one I love, you should love. When Imam Ali says, this is my right, it is not love to tell him we are not going to give it to you. This is the hatred of the Prophet. Can you see this? Rasul jab the one I love, Allah, love the one that I love. So the one that the Prophet loves tells you that this is my right. And you tell him, no, it's not your right. This is not love for the Prophet. This is hatred of the Prophet. So that argument, does, I can't accept this. The third argument, the Mola argument in the Quran. Here it was in the case of business transactions and partnerships. Mola here meant in authority. So the word Mola in the Quran, if you look, also means authority, not only friendship or wilaya. So these are my responses to your three <laughs> discussions. Uh -huh. Thank you very much. Now, <coughs> uh, Sheikh, you... Okay, yeah. Uh, further clarification, yeah. Sorry, are you, because of the... the his, his question was very long, and it, it did a lot of longer reply, but we just... Mm. Uh, I think there is three major issues here mm. that we have to look at it. Firstly, no source that we have, both Shias and Sunni. Mm. Our problem that we think that the way how it has been reported by our narrators, our Imams, mm. they are the real verbatim words of the Imams or the Prophet, which is very wrong. Mm. Because according to the Mustala al-Hadith, many Hadith, more than 90%, <coughs> has been narrated in ma'ana. Mm. It is not the real verbatim word of the Prophet. Mm. Uh, Imam Bukhari, for example, mm. he said himself, according to Fatul Bari of Ibn Hajar, that Rubba Hadith Samirtuhu Bil Basra, Katabtuhu Bisham. And Rubba Hadith Samirtuhu Bisham, Katabtuhu Fi Misr. And the narrator of that hadith, who was a student of Imam Bukhari, he's asking him, Ya Aba Abdullah, Bitamamihi wa Kamalihi, do you write it? It's all, you know, perfectly as you have heard, whatever. Fasakata, he remains silent, Imam Bukhari, which means that he never write hadith. <coughs> it's all, you know, the way how he, he ate it, it was. He used to write it according to his own understanding. And so the, the Shia hadith the same. same. We cannot claim that all hadith has been narrated, you know, verbatim words of the Imams. So now if that is the case, and it is not the case, because majority of the Shias and the Sunnis, we believe that this is the word of the Prophet, this is how it was, and you know, then we start for example, the hadith of uh, the will, in for example, it may be the scenario was not the way how we think. It may be maybe the way how people uh, did defied in the house of the Holy Prophet was not the way how it has been, you know, narrated by the. So we still need research. We need a lot of collaboration. We need a lot of riwayat. To add up, add up, and make a lot of research. Three words. Yeah. The way how they. Yes. Right? And then there is a hadith. Anyway, so this is the way the first issue. The second issue that we live in the world of Alam al Ikhtiyar, as Sheikh said, we cannot say because Allah said this, then it must be this. Because Allah, He doesn't live here with us. We don't live with Malaika here. Mm. We are humans. We live in the world of Ikhtiyar. So, whatever Allah says is something else. And whatever we do here is something else. Because we live in the world of Ikhtiyar. So we do in accordance to what we need, what we want, what we, 
we can do it. So this is why Quran says, "Kullu kana fil ard malaika yamshur mutmainin." La, la baastu, you know, malaika to Rasulah. Allah He could have sent the the angel to be a prophet, but because we are humans in this earth, so we do what we think. So if the Allah or the Holy Prophet said that Ali should be Imam, that His will. But if the people didn't do that, it's something else. So it shouldn't be here, you know, something like, you know, yeah, this is the second thing. The third is why the Shias have differed if that was the case. The same ikhtiyar issue comes here. That we live in the world of ikhtiyar and with desires and everything. We have been affected by scenarios, affected by political situation, social situation of that time and the, our opinions of that time, because some Shia, they believe that Imam has to take a sword and fight and capture the people, then that is Imam. If that Imam stay in his home and just direct, you know, that is not an Imam. Like how they used to think about Imam Zain Abidin and others. Mm -hmm. So this is the idea that used to come to some people, because they live in the world of Iqtiyar. So the verse which says, it covers all of these, you know, scenarios. That we shouldn't forget about this. So there was also scenarios of Bani Umayyah that they killed in Kufa, Al-Kufa, they used to persecute, you know, a lot of things you know, happened. Mm. So it depends upon the situation that's happened. I think... Jazakallah khayran. This is the best uh, explanation in this way. Sheikh, can I respond to that? Mawlana Mufti Abdul Majid Nadeem is the one of the good scholars. Right. Mm. My question is that... Uh, did Prophet وسلم, in his life, he establish a system of Khilafah? If he has established, did he give guidelines that if someone has all these qualities, that could be Khalifa? That is one thing. The other thing is, uh, what do you think that in Islam, Khalifa will be elected or selected or appointed? What is the I think that the Sheikh Arif is the best to yes? respond. Okay. Yeah. okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to give two remarks to uh, yeah. Sheikh Abu Jafar and then yeah. with that make sure. Mm. I think we're making a, a bit of a confusion between Khilafah and Imama. <coughs> Khilafah is to do with people. Imama is to do with Allah. Yes? When Hassan ibn Ali Salamullah Ali <coughs> After the death of Imam Ali, when he came to the people, he says, the people of Taqd and Hal, right, have given bay'ah to me. And therefore, he says to Muawiyah, I am the Khalifa. And Imam Ali, Imam Hassan made that as an evidence that I am the Khalifa. The Khilafah comes from bay'ah. Yes? Imam Hussein also says to the people of Kufa that you invited me. <coughs> if you no longer want my leadership, let me be, I will go away. The Prophet said, Al-Hassan, Wal-Hussein, Imaman, Qama, wa Qa'ada. The Imama is separate issue. Khilafah is with the people. People choose a Khalifa, people dissolve a Khalifa. I think here is the problem that we have in our analysis of the will of the Prophet. I think this is the way we should look at it. Now the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if he had said that this is the way to choose a Khalifa, then we would not have Satifa. <coughs> We would not have Khalifa Abu Bakr doing wasiya for Khalifa Omar. We would not have Khalifa Omar making a select committee. So <coughs> neither does there appear clear guidelines from the Prophet. 
And if the Sunnah of the Khulafa is incumbent, then Khalifa Umar did not follow the Sunnah of Khalifa Abu Bakr. And in Saqifa, there was nobody's Sunnah being followed. So, what we understand from the life of the Prophet is that he has not put criterion, he has just been gesturing and indicating at Ali ibn Abi Talib. Because Ali ibn Abi Talib was the master of the Quran and understanding. He was the bravest of the man in fighting. <coughs> he was most pious and least one who would favor his own people. people. Yes, he was the most ascetic person ever you could find. So the Prophet was not establishing the criterion of Khilafah, but he was saying, look, this is the man, I trust him. The Prophet made him into his brother in Medina. Yes? Mu'akhat. He made Ukhuwa Bain al-Muhajirin wal Ansar. But he did not do it with Ansar. Neither did Ali ibn Abi Talib do it with Ansar. Rasulullah did it with Ali. So these are, when you look at it objectively, you say that, yeah, the Prophet did not establish criterion, but the Prophet was always gesturing at Ali, always gesturing at Ghadir Khum, Ban Kuntu Mawla, Fahada Ali Mawla. In, in Ukhuwa, it is Ali. In his wasiyah, it is Ali. When he leaves Makkah, it is Ali who is executing his wasiyah and his duyun and everything else. So I think the Prophet, Surah Tawbah, he said, either you deliver it, O Muhammad, or one like you. Sibam Ali intercepts Khalifa Abu Bakr and when he delivers. So if you were to look at the Prophet's life, we come out with it that yes, the Prophet was also always gesturing for the leadership to Ali ibn Abi Talib. And <coughs> you would be left with no doubt that he was always gesturing Ali. I come back to you are saying, mm -hmm. if that was so important, mm -hmm. why Prophet was giving you a little indication? You say Ali is your Khalifa. Yes, so this is what I'm saying as well, <coughs> that when you ask about what the Prophet was doing, also he was always pointing at Ali, but the Khilafah is the right of the people. Yeah. So the people were supposed to take that and follow the advice of the Prophet. In the Masaktum, if you were to follow it, so it was the right of the people and the people were supposed to do what the Prophet was advising them. Because well, that's the best thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> کہ جب حضرت عمر اپنے آخری دور میں کچھ بہت سوچنے لگ گئے تھے تو عبداللہ ابن عباس نے کہا کہ آپ بڑے پریشان رہتے ہیں کیا سوچتے ہیں کہا میں سوچ رہا ہوں کہ میرے بعد کیا ہوگا کون خلیفہ ہوگا امت کا وارث کون ہوگا تو انہوں نے کہا کہ علی کے بارے میں کیا خیال ہے ابن عباس نے کہا تو اس نے کہا کہ میں اگر علی کو اپنے بعد خلیفہ بنا دوں تو خدا کی قسم وہ لوگوں کو رسول اللہ کے راستے پر اور ساتھ مستقیم پہ لے کے چلے گا تو پھر ابن عباس نے کہا ان کو بنا دیں تو حضرت عمر نے کہا کہ لوگ نہیں مانیں گے یہ وہ بات ہے کہ جو یہ کہہ رہے ہیں کہ خلافت جو ہے وہ لوگوں کا حق ہے کہ وہ جس کو بنانا چاہیں تو حضرت عمر نے کہا لوگ نہیں مانیں گے ابن عباس نے اگلا کوشچن نہیں کیا کہ کون سے لوگ نہیں مانیں گے انہوں نے فوراً عثمان ابن عفان کا نام لیا اور اس کو ابن ساکر نے محدث ابن ساکر نے پوری سند کے ساتھ لکھا ہے تو حضرت عثمان کا نام لیا کہ پھر ان کو بنا دیں ان کے بارے میں آپ کا کیا خیال ہے کہا میں اگر عثمان کو بنا دوں تو وہ بنو بنو معید کو لوگوں کی گردنوں پر مسلط کر دیں گے اور اگر انہوں نے ایسا کیا تو اللہ کی قسم لوگ ان کو قتل کر دیں گے کون لوگ قتل کر دیں گے یہ بھی نہیں لیکن سب جانتے ہیں تو لوگ ان کو قتل کر دیں گے 
تو اس کا مطلب یہ ہے کہ حضرت عمر کے ذہن میں اور صحابہ کے ذہن میں بھی یہ بات تھی کہ خلافت جو ہے خلیفہ اللہ کی طرف سے مقرر نہیں ہوگا بلکہ یہ عوام الناس کا رائٹ ہے وہ جس کو چن لیں سو مفتی صاحب ہیز ایڈیڈ ٹو دا کامنٹ دیٹ خلیفہ عمر ٹوڈز دی اینڈ آف ہز لائف اور دا لاسٹ پارٹس آف ہز لائف واز ان ان اسٹیٹ آف بیولڈرمنٹ اینڈ وریڈ سو ابن عباس اپروچ ٹیون ہی سیڈ واٹ کوزز یو دس وری ہی سیڈ واٹ ول ہیپن آفٹر می اینڈ ہو شوڈ لیڈ دا پیپل ابن عباس سیڈ واٹ اباؤٹ علی ہی سیڈ ایف آئی ور ٹو اپوائنٹ علی ہی ول لیڈ دیم لائک دا پروفیٹ لیڈ دیم بٹ آئی فیئر دیٹ دا پیپل ول ناٹ ایکسیپٹ ہیم to the point Mufti Sahib is making here is he's saying look Khilafa is the right of the people people have to choose a Khalifa yes. so then Ibn Abbas immediately asked well what about Osman bin Affan he said yes if I put Osman uh, bin Affan he will put Mu'an, but he, he, he will give leadership to Bani Mu'ayd and then people will kill him for that he said people will accept him but then he will do this which will result in his death So these are the examples that Mufti Sahib is giving to say that, look, <coughs> yes, Khilafah, the Prophet can gesture and say this is the best one. But Khilafah is your political right and therefore you choose. You can't force anybody as a Khalifa. But, Ima- but Imamat, the Prophet did mm. declare about Ali, Salamu and about Al-Hassan al-Hussein. Right. That's why yeah, we don't have a Sheikh, uh, unfortunately, Umar bin Ramazan. from Brailvi and Sufi school of thought because they're talking about Imama and Khilafah both separately. Imama is for Ahadul Bayt, Imam Ali, and Khilafah, okay, Khalifa, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, they are rightful Khalifah to them, basing on the same way. But Imama is for Ahadul Bayt, Imam Ali, Imam Hassan, Hussain, and so Imam, on. Just Imama will be very weak, like we Imam are very weak. Without So the articles of faith are only three, yes. according to the Shia, and the Sunni are in consensus with that. So it's Tawheed, Risala, and Ma'ad Qiyamah, only three. Mm-hmm. Now, you will find the Shia articles of faith, Tawheed, Adala, Risala, Imama, so it becomes five. But the Shia ulama will ex- explain that Adala is a part of Tawheed anyway. It was because of the Mu'tazili and the Ash'ari theological Kalami issues that they brought Adala in their free will at Jabal. Now, the reason why Imama has been brought out of Risala is because of the conflict that the early Muslims had. So it is the contextual impact of it's, it's a contextual. So what they, what, what, what they should have actually been thinking was that Khilafah is one mansab, Imam is another mansab. Because Bani Abbas, They came to Imam Sadiq and they said, take the Khilafah. Imam Sadiq refused. Now if Khilafah and Imama was one mansab, Imam Sadiq would have been obliged to take it. So he did tafkik. So this is the reason Imama is not supposed to be a separate function at all, that it becomes an article of faith. It is part and parcel of Risala, the explication of Sharia. 
When they came for me, yeah, <coughs> he refused. But the thing is, this is good because I think all of the side need we need to think and think and think and try and say, okay, this is what happened in history and this is how we need to think through it. Yes, Sheikh Mahmoud just said uh, he is intended to respond. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to actually uh, raise this question as well and, and see, you know, um, I believe that in the, in the event of Ghadir or the khutbah of Ghadir, before mentioning uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib, the Prophet said to the people, and we saw it here in this narration that he asked thrice, do I have more right, do I not have more right over the believers than they have over themselves? And as we mentioned that the Khilafah is right for the people, and then after this, getting this uh, yes from them, then he appoints or mentions the name of Ali ibn Abi Talib. How do you, in, 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 in light of Khilafah and Imama being separate, how would we respond to this? I mean, this is a question for us as well. I think that's such a valid point you've raised mm -hmm. because a prophet seems to have taken a democratic process <coughs> in, in, in taking the right from the people to appoint. I think this is an argument can, that can be made that the prophet appointed a Khalifa. And then it may be because that wasn't understood, he wanted to write it down again. Because the Prophet said, do I have more right <coughs> upon you than you yourselves? When they said, bala ya Rasulullah, so in a democratic process, he has taken the right. And after taking the right, then he's appointed Ali Salamullah Alayhi, then that, that would make sense. Now whether they go against it or they uphold it is another thing altogether. Okay. Now before uh, Brother Tamur, and then after Brother Taimur, Maulana Abdul Hamid Kusur, inshallah, would be there. I would request my sister at the back, and if you put any question, ask or comments. Uh. Okay, thank you. Brother Taimur, okay, okay. mm. rahman rahim uh, A lot been said, um, uh, but a few things hadn't been said. <coughs> the Prophet knew, he was aware of his Sahabi, the people around him, okay, and and the example was in Qadir Khum, when he actually raised Hazrat Ali's hand and everything. But it wasn't the very first time that the Sahabi, the people, either ignored or they did something different. The, the reason I'm saying it that one, before Sarifa, there was a fighting was going on between Quraysh and Ansar because they discovered they discovered that these people are not going to choose Hazrat Ali <coughs> and they are looking for <coughs> alternatives. So the Quraysh was saying that this is our right because Prophet is from Mecca and we are Quraysh, we should be somebody from us should be next Khalifa. And then on the same time the uh, Ansar was saying that but we gave everything all our wealth and everything known, they should be from Ansar. So Prophet ﷺ knew about all this in the background. And that is why 
he said it not once, a second time, the third time, and he put actually his will in practice rather than write it in it. In, but then he knew that the Sahabi are still arguing with each other. He knew that. And these, which I'm saying, that is all in that book. They, they were arguing, and they, they, you know, like in Sahih Bukhari, we said, Hobbit Dunya. Why the Sahabi made a bay, 120,000 Sahabi made a bay with Hazrat <coughs> Ali, and then they broke it. And they said, why they broke it? He said, Hobbit Dunya, the love of the uh, dunya. Okay, so based, <coughs> based on these, Prophet asked to bring a pen and paper. And that is what happened. But then, then the, the Khilafah, the Khilafah, which is the, the Madani rules or whatever, which is running, you know, because obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never <coughs> leave the Ummah without the guidance. Also, we got the Quran, but also it has to be somebody to guide the people, because people become to the business like a uh, Sahabi who left Jum'ah, and they rushed for the business. Okay, so that's Velayah uh, is always there, you know, the, but we've got to open our eyes and find that. Um, the, the hadith which we said, Man mata wala ya'raf imam, mata jahiliya. That is that we all got to... This is from Ayn Sunnah as well, the standard. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, it's, it's, there are different riwayat yeah, in that one. Yeah, it is. It's from yeah. Sunnah. Okay, so we got our, uh, uh, you know, the, we are, you know, Sahabi, for instance, Sahabi weren't fresh, fresh, which is injured. Okay, but unfortunately, some of our brothers, Sunni, or whatever, which I've got many, many friends, they say when it comes to Sahabi, I'm not talking about it, Sahabi, whatever, but there are Sahabi, Hazrat Umar did hat on them because they were drinking. Okay, this is. Unfortunate, but this is this is the reality, the vision we've got about Sahabi. No, the Sahabi are very very high luck. Oh. The power now. Uh, here, I may interrupt you, uh, brother Tamur. The point is that you are right. I agree with you because this is based on that no Sahabi is infallible. Masumah al Khata. That's why uh, Sheikh mentioned here in. Uh, in the context of Uhud and very strong word used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. There was clear disobedience from senior sahab. Hatta idha fashiltum wa tanaza'atum fil amr wa asaytum min ba'di ma araakum ma tuhibun minkum man yuridu dunya wa minkum man yuridu l'akhira. And uh, I can remember on the member you know, a long time ago, I was not in position to translate properly these verses to my people. I must be in trouble. This is the Quran. Why? Including myself, we propagated that the Sahaba, they were infallible. They are mahfuz infallible. No even single khatam may be ascribed to Sahaba. This is against the Quran. Why this view is wrongly established among the Ali Sunnah? From the other side, their point of consideration as well from your side. Because Shia, I'm not talking about uh, the proper and the sincere Shias. Because we know. Generally, which is Awami Mazhab, when they're talking about Sahaba, that's the derogatory insult. Right. And you know, you know, you know, you know. And this is the reaction from the other side. So now, uh, this is the time for. Can so I just say something? Yeah. I think on the issue of Bayah, you know, when, mm. when, when we say in mm. Imam Ali says about Talha and Zubair mm. that they did my Bayah, mm. then they broke it. 
Bayah only meant one thing in that time, if you study it carefully, that if I do bayah of somebody, it means I do not have the right of dissent or politically opposing, opposing them, them. Or making a war. Now, was the bayah done to Imam Ali in Ghadir of that same nature, the political bayah? I'm just a bit confused here. Because Imam Ali points out about Talha and Zubair that they did my bayah and then they broke it. Okay. And now they are raising arms against me. Bayah only meant that we cannot, we will pay political allegiance and we will not rise in arm against you. Now, I think the Shia texts also say this, that Imam Ali of sort did do bayah of Khalifa Abu Bakr after the demise of Bibi Fatima. Mm. So, how does that work then? So I just want, I think, the Shias and the Sunnis to, to, to deliberate this issue. This is coming, Sheikh, in, in, in the next. We are, okay. In, in, in the next, uh, thoroughly. Maulana Abdul Hamid Kusuri, sir. Uh, I think uh, it's already been cleared here that uh, Imam and Khilafah, these are two separate things. Uh, so the matter of quite a lot is already solved. Khilafah, uh, if that wasn't uh, such an important thing, thing that for Prophet to implement or nominate in his life, then we can say that Sahaba uh, like such as Umar or the other the old, they were around the Prophet at that time. If they looked more at the uh, sickness of Prophet rather than bringing something or they did not stop anyone, but rather than bringing something, that means they were on the right thing as well because they were looking at the, uh, the sickness of Prophet So they did not disobey him that, uh, as such. Uh, this is number one, because if, if it was important, then Quran says, Wallahu nas. Whatever is revealing from Allah, that Prophet the responsibility to implement and Wallahu Allah will save you from the people. This is number one. Number two, um, I believe the Rasul came to lead an exemplary life for the Ummah. And from the start right till the, till the last day that the age was been given by Allah, the time was been given by Allah, that was to lead an exemplary life not such as us like to, to fulfill our own wishes and you know uh, our own wills, but Prophet's life every moment was to set an example for the Ummah. If that was the case, then right at the end, particularly when Rasulullah was leaving this world, angel comes and that whole uh, has also been narrated in, in the Sayyah uh, Asnad. Angel comes and then Rasulullah uh, addressed people and Rasulullah said that Allah has given me option to leave this world or to go back to Allah and I have chosen to go back to Allah. That, that means the Prophet even had some, some, some sort of uh, choice as well to stay a bit longer, whatever remaining from Allah that could also be given more time if that was very important. So that means that that wasn't such a major, major thing. And Rasulullah left this one to the Ummah. <coughs> Another thing, I think today it is very good form that we are discussing this one and in, in very good environment as well, Alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. And we need uh, these type of forums where people can come together, discuss in, 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 in a very nice way. Uh, 
that at the time of Prophet even after him, soon after him, we find amongst all the uh, companions, particularly the Khulafa, Sayyidina uh, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, anhum, Ajma'in, they all got married, marriages amongst their children <coughs> and amongst their children. Is this happening today amongst Shia and Sunni? That means we have got our own many, many variations and uh, much more from our own maybe perception and our own understanding. So whatever comes from the uh, resources, that's more important rather than putting from ourselves. So this is what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you. Can I just respond to that? Yes, thank you. That was such a phenomenal point you made at the end. Yeah. But <clears throat> I want to just pick on two points you said. If the Prophet says, bring me pen and paper, the context is that there was confusion. And in order to remove the confusion, the Prophet said, bring pen and paper. That resulted in the Sahaba fighting and quarreling and raising their voices in front of the Prophet. At that time, the senior Sahaba should have said, fine, don't raise your voice, we'll give him the paper and pen. That was the rightest thing to do. See, first, a person who loves the Prophet says, leave him, he's ill. But then when there's a big quarrel, then the person, okay, fine, stay calm, we'll give him the paper and pen. That was the rightest thing to do. Now, you can say, yes, in their naivety, they made a mistake, but you have to admit they made a mistake. And Sahaba fighting in front of the Prophet is definitely a huge mistake. mistake. Because the Prophet said, Kum go away. Yeah, it doesn't befit you to fight like that while I'm still alive. That's not right. This is not how the Sahaba ought to have behaved. That was wrong. Now, the biggest problem was the civil wars that came about in Islam. You see, had there been the text of the Prophet that Ali is a Khalifa, Bibi Aisha would not have fought in Jamal against him. Muawiyah would not have fought in Sifin against him. Do you know how many people died in the Uzwa Sahaba fighting amongst each other? Only 2,000. According to the narrations, I don't know if Sunni historians say the same thing, but the Shia historians, they said Imam Ali went and spoke to Bibi Aisha loud in Basra. He said, you don't know what you are doing. Your advisors, Abdullah bin Zubair, <coughs> you don't trust this advisor. What you're doing today will cause fitna within Ummah till the day of Qiyamah, the civil wars. So not to, to, to say that didn't make any difference, no, it made a huge difference. I mean, I can't deny that. And the way Muawiyah got away with it all, he just got away with it. You know, the, the, we could sweet talk, and he was very charismatic. Even with Khalifa Umar, he said, I don't know about Muawiyah, he just convinces me. The way he lives, Khalifa Umar was living a very poor life, a very humble life. But Muawiyah was living a very lavish lifestyle. And Khalifa Umar said, I don't know how he sweet talks me. He has a way with words. Muawiyah created the biggest problem in Islam. You can't deny this. He used it to his benefit. Ibn Taymiyyah also says that Khilafah Rashida will continue for this many years after me, 40 years. As soon as Muawiyah gains power, according to the Hadith, that is when Khilafah Rashida finishes. So Al-Hassan is within Khilafah Rashida. So I, I'm just saying, it's not a question of anybody hating them. Nobody hates the Sahaba. But it's a question of me and you going to Allah alone. There will be no Prophet or Imam Ali or Khalifa Umar or Khalifa Abu Bakr or anybody. It will just be me and my God. I owe it to my Allah to be truthful to myself. 
I don't hate any anybody, but I need to be truthful when I'm examining history. I have to be objective. Disagree here, but no one here who hates this Sahaba will say the thing. I think there is a mass. Unfortunately, there is a mass that this is happening around the Ummah. So this is, I think, this forum is very important. So what I'm saying is we should. So 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 when Nabi Musa gets angry and gets Harun Salamullah's head and beard. We will say that Nabi Musa had a problem with anger. Nabi Musa had a problem with anger. Yes? We can't deny that. Now, that's not hating Musa. It's loving Musa. But we are being very objective. Yes, uh, yes uh, thank you very much. What is the point raised by Maulana Abdul Hamid Qusuri Saab at the end of his uh, remarks? In those days, there was intermarriages and the love yes. was established. Yes. What about today? Yes. It is a big question mark for the both sides. Yes, now right. the time for Rafiq Shah Sahib, mashallah, one of the great uh, ulama and sympathizers. Ji. यहाँ पे हमारे बैठने का मकसद सिर्फ और सिर्फ एक है यानी हक और बातिल की पहचान नहीं है बल्कि दरमियानी रास्ता निकालना है कि हम शिया शिया होने के बावजूद सुनी सुनी होने के बावजूद एक दूसरे के साथ एहतराम के साथ प्यार मोहब्बत के साथ कबूलियत के साथ माशरे में रह सकें और हर एक दूसरे को इस्लाम का नुमाइंदा ही तस्लीम करें मेरा ख्याल है कि इसका यही मकसद है फिर दूसरी बात यह है कि हमारी नेचर यह है कि हम आम तौर पे जो चीज़ किसी शख्सियत की तरफ से क्लियर न हो तो हम अपनी जोकियात को अपनी ख्वाहिशात को उसके सर थोपने की कोशिश करते हैं यानी बहुत सारी ऐसी बातें मुझे मालूम हैं जुमाना हादिर में कि ऐसी शख्सियात के साथ मुतल कर दी जाती हैं कि जो उनकी बातें नहीं होती मिसाल के तौर पे अब यानी सैयद होने के नाते और कल भी लगाव होने के नाते मेरी ये जाती जोक है तबीयत है कि मेरी ये ख्वाहिश है शौक है कि खलीफा अव्वल हजरत अली रदी अल्लाह तुम होना चाहिए था इस जोक की वजह से मैं ये कहूँगा कि ये अदीस किरतास जो है इसमें भी आपलाम हजरत अली को नामिनेट करना चाहते थे लेकिन हतमी तौर पर मैं ये नहीं कह सकता मैं इसको उसी जमन में कहता हूँ कि जैसे अगर आप सलाम के बाद उन्होंने कोई बात क्लियर नहीं की तो हम बहसीत इंसान किसी सूरत पर भी ये यकीनी तौर पर नहीं कह सकते कि आप सलाम यही कहना चाहते थे अगर हम ये कहें तो मैं समझता हूँ वो किधर के दुबने में आ सकता है हाँ इम्कानी तौर पर मैं ये भी कह सकता हूँ कि जैसे आल तशैयों का गुमान है आप सलाम वैसे कहना चाहते थे और इम्कानी तौर पर मैं कह सकता हूँ कि आपलाम कुछ और कहना चाहते थे लेकिन आल तशैयों की जो बात है वो भी हक है कि हो सकता है कि वो ही कहना चाहते हूँ तो या अगर इम्कान को सामने रखते हुए हम दरमियानी सूरत में एक दूसरे का एहतराम भी कर सकते हैं कि भाई अगर आप वो अदीस किरदार से यह नतीजा अखद करते हैं के नॉमिनेट आप सलाम ने मौला अली को करना था तो सर आंखों पे क्योंकि ये मुमकिन है कि बाकी ही आप सलाम ऐसा करने चाहते हों 
اور آل تشیعوں کی خدمت میں یہ عرض ہے کہ اگر کوئی اس کو ڈینائی کرے اس سے اختلاف کرے تو آل تشیعوں کو بھی یہی رویہ اختیار کرنا چاہیے کہ ہاں آپ علیہ السلاۃ والسلام ممکن ہے کہ حضرت علی کو نامینیٹ نہ کرنا چاہتے ہوں بلکہ کوئی اور بات کہنا چاہتے ہوں یہ نبی پاک صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی ذات کے یہ تقاضا بھی ہے کہ انہوں نے جس چیز کو خود بیان نہیں کیا ہم اپنی طرف سے اس کو حتمی طور پہ نہ بیان کر دیں کہ وہ وہی کہنا چاہتے تھے یہ ہماری ذوق تو ہو سکتا ہے لیکن ہمیں پورا یقین نہیں ہے ہم میں سے ہم اکٹھے بیٹھے ہوئے ہیں چودہ سو سال پہلے کی بات چھوڑ دو ہم ایک دوسرے کو نہیں سمجھ سکتے کہ ہمارے دلوں میں دماغوں میں کیا ہے تو چودہ سو سال پیچھے جا کر ہم کیسے کہہ سکتے ہیں کہ آپ علیہ السلاۃ والسلام حتمی اور یقینی طور پہ یہی کہنا چاہتے تھے یہ میں سمجھتا ہوں درمیانی راستہ یہی ہے کہ ہم ایک دوسرے کو اعتراض باقی جو بات بھی ہو حدیث کرداز کے حوالے سے ہی بات ہو اس کے علاوہ کوئی بات نہ ہوتا کہ کسی پہ ڈسکس شیخ the event of Kirtas as being a wasiyah by the Prophet for Imam Ali. He said, however, that would be my personal preference. That would not be me looking at things objectively. He said, what we should not do is, we should not place our personal preferences on the interpretation of historical events or a hadith. He said, in line with this principle, if the Shias believe that Hadith Kirtas was about appointment of Imam Ali, then the Sunni should say, if that's what you feel, then that's fine with us. And if the Sunnis feel it wasn't about the appointment of Imam Ali, then Shias would say, if you genuinely feel that that was the case, then we agree, let us then acquire a moderate path that we really don't know. Because we have no certainty what Kirtas was leading up to. Your interpretation is this, and your interpretation <coughs> is that. Basically, bring about a moderate path and we're not sure about this we can live with it and that's fine you can have two conflicting opinions living side by side uh, a lot of the Shias would agree to the Sunni view and a lot of the Sunnis will agree to the Shia view as well yeah. so so that, that it's not only a split of Shia Sunni yeah. it's general split of scholars so Alhamdulillah what you said <coughs> is very nice mm. learn to live properly with each other marriage <laughs> مولانا سجاد صاحب Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam intends that Azrat Ali should be Amir al-Mu'mineen or Khalifa after him, but he did not say explicitly. He gave indication in Man kuntu maulau fahaza aliyun maulau. But uh, before the He, before his death, three days before his death, he asked for 
pen and paper. I think Hazrat Umar Farooq meant that he was going to write about Hazrat Ali. But Hazrat Abu Umar thought that the personality of Prophet Muhammad will be disputed. Why? Because majority of Sahaba were new after Makkah. And they were not came under the tarbiyah of Prophet Muhammad for a long time. The still tribal system, tribal uh, habits were there among them. So that's why Prophet Muhammad I think it's my opinion that he changed his view. Prophet Muhammad changed his view. Mm -hmm. And he did not write after that for three days. Mm. And he left because of fitna. Because of fitna, mm, and he left sure. to the left to the ummah. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, <coughs> now we are coming to a very close. We got the five uh, minutes, and after five minutes, there will be conclusion, and the points, differences, and the agreements, and the points <laughs> of reflection, which is the final session, which is the essence and the spirit of this program and this event. So. Uh, uh, Sheikh uh, Muhammad Amin Evans, mashallah, one of the grand sheikhs here. Um, I'm not so grand. <laughs> I'm, I'm always amazed how much air is moved mm. with, when a group of learning brothers come together. It's a blessing from the last time. of course. Yes. My question is this, and it's a constitutional question, and it goes right back to the the signing of the document, or the writing of a document. The Prophet, peace be upon him's authority in Medina was assigned by the citizens of Medina. They appointed him. Therefore, did he have the authority to appoint his own successor, or should it revert to the citizens of Medina? If he had written a will, saying anyone should be the caliphate, he would have usurped, in this model, he would have usurped the rights of the citizens of Medina. The argument that Gadir Akum preempts that would assume that all the citizens of Medina were at Gadir, which we can't assume. There may have been large groups who weren't on Hajj, but who were entitled to have an opinion as a shura within Medina. <coughs> now, Khalid Ibn Abu Fadl argues that Saqifa was just about the leadership of Medina, and the Medinans were arguing about it. He was in the Khazraj. It was their vote to appoint their Lord Mayor, if you like, of Medina not a vote of the whole Ummah for the leader of the Ummah. These raise serious constitutional questions. The Prophet was not a dictator. And if he had signed an assignation of who should be the Caliph over Medina, he would have been dictating 
to the people of Medina, not allowing them to exercise their free will. And I think we need to look at this constitutional conflict. And in fact, we could even consider that the paper not being produced wasn't at the hands of men and their personal interests, although that's the, the, the active moving thing. But it's actually at the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who says you're there to guide, you're not there to dictate to the Ummah. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, we remember Brother Muhammad Bakr Saab, but you miss your turn because now this is the time for the conclusion. But if I can request you very briefly, uh, you can say what you intend to. I want to ask, I mean, answer Sheikh Arif's uh, mm. uh, question, you know, which you addressed to Shias. Okay. Mm. First, he questioned Allah that why didn't he reveal a surah or a verse in the Quran mentioning Imam Ali? We must be aware there's so many surahs in, in, in Quran which refers to al -Bayt. So many. When incident happened, like when Imam Ali gave away his ring, a surah was revealed, and so on. Okay, so there are so many surahs. The other thing, even if we assume, okay, there was a, Allah had revealed a, a surah whereby Imam Ali was mentioned, people would have changed it. Instead of Imam Ali, they would have put somebody else. Okay, so that was a problem. Allah promised he was going to preserve the Quran, and he would not have been able to preserve the Quran if that had happened. The other thing, with confusion, who was Imam? Was it Imam Hassan, Hussein, and all that? That was all because Imam Ali was not allowed to become a first caliph. If he was the first caliph, he missed the reign of Bakr, um, Umar, and Osman. I don't know how many years it took these three people to rule. And if Imam Ali was there, there would have been a, one Islam, more unity, and there, there would not be there were not having so many differences. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Good uh, remark. Now, uh, thank you very much, uh, the ulama, for your participation, your comments, and your, mashallah, valid questions over this uh, um, important and crucial topic. Now, this is the final session. We have discussed for the last about two hours now. Now this is the conclusion and uh, achievement. Achievement is something which is very important. Obviously, this narration, you know, the interpretation of this narration, this is the doctrinal, stand as doctrinal, fundamental difference between the two units of Muslim Ummah. Ahlul Tashayyu and Ahlul Sunnah. And from the one side, this uh, narration of Qirtas, this is interpreted by, you know, one side, Ahlul as succession of Imam Ali in the light of the Dalail and the arguments presented very nicely by Sheikh Mahmoud Saab today. On the other side, as uh, Sheikh Muhammad Umar Ramazan, he presented uh, some months back, unfortunately <coughs> we missing him today here. He is one of the grand Sufis and a great alim, right? So he presented and discussed the Sunni perspective, you know, uh, the already. And uh, you can understand the people who attended the two sessions, right? And the Ahlul Sunnah interpretation is that it was not 
definitely we cannot claim that that was in the case of succession because Nabi Wasallam he never dictated or written this uh, this wasiya later on during this his remaining day. This is the point of difference and the also the difference is over the position of Sahaba is specifically here as well. You know, to one side, you know, their position is unjustifiable because they were obliged duty bind to follow the order of the Holy Prophet. Sunni uh, stand is different here. Official, I'm talking about the official stand, official so far. And uh, they stopped the wasiyah of the Holy Prophet never brought, never obeyed in, 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 in that sense completely out of their compassion and uh, not giving any more trouble to the Prophet because he was suffering. But now, with the explosion of knowledge today, many Sunni scholars, they incline to the point that the best point was that for the Sahaba to obey. If they obeyed August, everything was decided. That was the best thing. But we have to respect Sahaba. We can't say that was in clear disobedience, but that was out of their compassion. These are the point of differences. Now coming to the common points, common agreed upon between Sunnis and Shia regarding this Qirtas, because this is very important. Not everything is different. They are, you know, basing for the unity working together as well. For example, Hadith Qirtas from the both side as presented nicely by Sheikh Mahmoud Saab from Bukhari and Sheikh Mufid. <coughs> this narration is accepted. And last time we did mention Sheikh Abu Jafar uh, in your absence, you are a bit late today. And the second session you presented on the authenticity, credibility of this narration, that was excellent presented by you. And I request you all and the people, thousands of the people watching, you know, this program, they have to visit Sheikh Abu Jafar's program, authenticity, valid, validity, validity of uh, this Hadith Kirtas. So this is agreed upon. This is the point. Number the, however, the first caliph, second and third, you know, there is differences. But fortunately, very fortunately, the leadership of Imam Ali as Khalifatul Rashid agreed upon between both. And which is obviously mentioned by uh, uh, this Qirta, Ghadir uh, Khum as well. This is agreed upon. As Khalifatul Rashid, it can provide a solid basis even today working together for Sunnis and Shias in this way. Thirdly, the institution of Ahlul Bayt agreed upon from Ahl Sunnah as well and Ahlul Shia. However, there are differences we discussed last time. But as institution of guidance, Markazul Hidayah agreed upon from the both sides, this is another point agreed upon and uh, offering the solid basis, strong basis of mutual understanding, working together and dissipating the misunderstanding so far what we have. In. So these are the points agreed upon. Alhamdulillah, what we have achieved today. Now there are the points of reflection, especially for both Sunnis and Shia, but especially for uh, ulama of Ahlul Sunnah. You may remember uh, at the time when Sheikh Umar Ramazan Saab, he presented Sunni perspective on Hadith Kirtas, right? Then I presented the points of reflection, especially for Shia ulama there. Right. So here from ulama Ahl-Sunnah. 
Number one, as we came to know, successorship to the Holy Prophet, according to the Quran, as Quran presented the case, it always had been in the close families of the Holy Prophet, the Quran talking about. And there is no exception from the final messenger, because he was the same messenger. That why is Khatam al-Nabihin, belong to the same series. This is the point of reflection. And the ulama should understand what does it mean, point of reflection. This is not the nazariya, not ideology, which is imposed. Yes, you have to think about it. This is something we cannot ignore. Number two, that was the established sunnah of the Holy Prophet. He always appointed Umarah in his absence when he went out for any tabligh, for any expedition. <coughs> and this is on the record. Ibn Hisham is, uh, and other Ibn Saad, they provided the detail. Even for one day, for few <coughs> hours, for one month, he always appointed, never left his ummah behind without Amir. I said, what about when he was living forever? And he left his sunnah, question mark, point of re re reflection. This is the academic term, you know. And uh, this is quite interesting. Uh, Khalifa Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab, both of them, they make their wasiyah. You know, while they were suffering and their conditions, as mentioned, the more worse than condition of the Prophet at the time of writing. They were worried about fitna. And Nabi Alaihi he was similarly worried about the fitna. This is another point of their wasiyah implemented both of the khulafa, but the wasiyah of the Holy Prophet never meant point of reflection for us. Then th the final point is uh, very important how this is uh, presented by Shah Waliullah Muhaddisi Dehlvi. By the way, Shah Waliullah occupied the same caliber as Sheikh Mufid in Shia school of thought or Shia world. Because Hayri, even Salafis, Deubandis, Burelvis, Sufis, uh, Shafi, Hanfis, all they followed. He was a great, he lived about 300 years ago, right? Izalatul Khifa, one of the best. And he is talking about, this is very important point, the people, the Sahaba, and this is, uh, uh, you know, we can say, after the incident of Qirdas, this might happen. They approached the Holy Prophet and they did request, you have to appoint someone upon us. You have to appoint. The Nabi Wasalam he said, if I appointed someone upon you, you would be disobeying. Shavariullah, he says on, on, on the Sanadis Mustadrak Lil Hakam, one of the early muhaddisun of Ahl Sunnah. Then they again requested, and if you, Ya Rasulullah, appoint Imam Ali upon us, Ali bin Abi Talib upon us. He said, I know Ali is Hadi and Mahdi, but I know you are not going to obey Ali, and if I announce in this way, after me, Ali is there in this announce, and the people they are not to obey him, they will be cursed and destroyed. Azab will be there. And I don't want to destroy you in this way. I think this is the point of reflection for us. We have to reflect. So these are the point of reflection. Plus, what I presented the point of reflection, especially for Shia ulama, in the light of uh, the paper of Sheikh Umar Ramazan, that must be remembered as well. And uh, I think. Uh, if Sheikh uh, and Ulama are here, if you add some points here, in points of uh, agreed upon differences, uh, 
and uh, before we have to conclude with dua right any i think rafiq shah sahab's point hmm. was a very valid point that in this issue of kirtas hmm. we don't seem to as two groups come on a consensus <coughs> and if there's no consensus then that means that nobody can say with surety what was going to happen there so each has to respect the other's view mm. Mm. and we should not impose our personal sort of interpretations mm. on the prophet's uh, event mm. and thereby becoming biased against each other mm. yes we can be sure ourselves i feel sure this is what he wanted to do he wanted to give imam ali the khilafa mm. somebody else has got surety he don't want to do that mm. now when that's the case mm. we can say okay we can live with this and agree with this and not impose each of these views on that right because we got kitabullah and everything is here and uh, then uh, uh, the seerah and the ahadith of the holy prophet and the way of the great khulafa and imams what no because the thing is imam ali was still the khalifa yeah khalifa rashid, rashid. yeah he is still the imam mm. everybody should be happy <coughs> i mean obviously we are sad that the kirtas event happened we are sad that there's dispute amongst the muslims but at least we are happy that yeah. everybody agrees is an imam and is the khalifa yeah. and he is both for all of us mm. so it is that's so, a point and sunnah actually farz kare hum maan lete hain ke kirtas mein rasulullah isi ko likhwana chahte the ke zat ali khalifa hoga unko khilafat nahi di gayi aaj to dono party nahi ab kya kar lenge right this is the good point mm. and today we cannot appoint imam ali as khalifa we have to look at our own situation and we have to work together instead of creating you know fitna and uh, heresy and commotion in this way i think the everything is completed nicely mashallah mm. good discussion this is the only forum people always appreciated where Sunnis and Shia ulama and non-ulama from the both sides sitting together, discussing, respecting each other for the sake of understanding Allah. Mm. How far? If there are differences, how can we control the differences and the nature of the differences? And we have to work for the commonalities. Mm. Sheikh Mahmud Sahib, you are the good speaker today, presenter. Reflecting what Maulana Sahib said, you know that they are not in front of us. Mm. We have to think now. Mm. what would the prophet want us to do today mm. what would imam ali want us to do today mm. what would khalifa umar want us to do yeah today yes he, they would want us mm. to live together and work together mm. peacefully and and so be successful forward yes mashallah <coughs> this is this is something you we have to look at it one ummah